0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. As those of you that have followed this program from the beginning know, that we have guests from far and wide, whether they are Taekwondo athletes, authors, movie stars, or people that are related to the Taekwondo field, They've come as far away as Australia, South Korea, the Philippines, and all over the United States. But for today's guest, we didn't have to go very far. He is Master David Zabransky. My name is Mark Srianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Blackbelt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Master Zabransky is a longtime 30-year Taekwondo practitioner. A Taekwondo master, and he is a recently retired so- police sergeant from the NYPD. Master Zabransky is a thoughtful, intelligent, and serious martial artist. He is the father of four Taekwondo students, high achieving Taekwondo students. Three of them are first on and above. And we had a really thoughtful conversation. He provides some great insight into martial arts training and law enforcement, the development and changes in Taekwondo over the last 30 years, and his personal perspectives on what one puts into Taekwondo and what one gets out of Taekwondo. I hope you enjoy this program. Be sure to like and subscribe, and be sure to check out the video component of This episode on our YouTube channel, also Taekwondo Life Magazine. So we are here today with Master David Zebranski. Someone who you'll find out a little bit about, but happens to be a retired New York City police officer, a sergeant. He happens to be a master of Taekwondo, a family man, a father, a community leader, a winner of the 2016 Taekwondo Golden Award, which is a charitable award uh, given by the New York Open Taekwondo Organizing Committee here in New York. Um, Someone that I've had the privilege to train uh, under and beside for quite some time. Somebody who um, hits very hard. That's his his claim to fame, at least as far as I'm concerned, but his, he's much more well-rounded than that. Thank you, Master Zabransky, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor. Very good. Well, well, thank you. So uh, I have the benefit. Normally what I do is I go to school on a lot of the um, uh, people that we interview because I get caught up. You know, I watch their movies. I. I have the benefit with you of, of having some, a little bit of advanced uh, understanding of, of who you are, and I, I wanna share that with the audience. So that's part of why we're here. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how it is that you got started in martial arts training because that'll be the, the basis that we build
1: off of. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, well, as uh, Mark introduced me, my name is David Zabransky. Uh, I am a uh, retired New York City Police Sergeant. I did uh, 25 years on the force. Just retired recently, 2019, early in the year. Uh, how I got started? Many uh, many decades ago, about 30 years ago, almost exactly in uh, September of 1990, uh, I was a student at what was then uh, the CW Post Campus of Long Island University, uh, and it was my last starting my last year in September, my fourth year, and you know, taking my regular courses, and I had some uh, little extra space in my schedule. And I saw that the uh, college was offering a Taekwondo class. So I said, you know, I've always been interested in martial arts. I said, you know, let me give this a try and uh, see if it's something that, you know, I might be interested in. So, of course, uh, joining that class was uh, a class given by uh, Grandmaster Y.H. Uh, Park. Uh, at that time, his school was in East Meadow, and uh, he would come, and he would train me in about – I guess there was maybe 10 students in the class, and uh, we had a little section in the college, a little gym area, mats, and uh, we just met there every week, and uh, that's where I got started. Um, After, uh, you know, the the curriculum was over, uh, he offered everyone a chance to continue the training uh, at his school in East uh, East Meadow, and uh, I think I might have been one of the only students who actually took him up on that. You know, a lot of other people just wanted the exercise, and they, they, they it was nice, and then they moved on with their lives. But, uh, you know, uh, the college class uh, earned me my yellow belt, and uh, he invited me to join the school, and I did. And uh, the rest is history. That was 30 years ago.
0: Now, that's interesting because if you look demographically across the board at Taekwondo practice, there's a large cluster of people in the youth range. And then generally, when people get to college and then starting a career, there's a huge fall-off And then there's to some degree a resumption, not at the high level of of children, but you sort of uh, went against the grain because you were sort of at the end of your college career, starting your professional career, and you stayed with it uh, continuously through to this day. That's correct.
1: Well, I did take some breaks during time. You know, life throws you curveballs, uh, broke your leg, marriage, children coming. So I did take breaks from time to time. And uh, but over the 30 years, you know, I always managed to come back. Uh, I will say that the original reason, you know, besides the fact that there was room in my schedule in college, the original reason I did had the original interest in martial arts was I was looking for a career in law enforcement. Uh, My major was criminal justice. I had aspirations towards FBI or, you know, some sort of other policing. Uh, Obviously, uh, I fell into the NYPD and I loved it when I was there. But that was the original reason I joined, because uh, strictly for a self-defense aspect, you know, uh, not really for any of the other things that martial arts are known for, you know, the discipline, uh, the honor, the respect, you know, the, 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 the inner, inner growth, everything that comes along with it. But originally, to be honest, was the only reason was the self-defense aspect, because I knew the, the career, that path that I was choosing.
0: That's interesting. And, and again, I think, you know, from speaking to the volume of people I've spoken to over the last... 10 to 15 years, you know, why do you get involved? It's when you're young, a lot of times it's my parents got me involved. The other aspect of it is I saw the Karate Kid. I saw Enter the Dragon, right? Uh, sure. And then there's another cluster. I spoke to a gentleman in in Great Britain and, who got involved because he had been assaulted. So he got involved. The self-defense aspects, whether it's preventatively or in reaction to something is usually the third The third reason that people ultimately get involved. So did you find in the course of your uh, sort of a two part question, which was number one, did you find having martial arts training in the New York City Police Department made you uh, was the norm? Do most of the the folks there have it or was that the exception? And the second part of it, probably a little bit more personal, is um, did you feel that it benefited you in any way, either psychologically or in terms of your preparedness for for certain things, having the martial arts
1: training and continuing with it, absolutely. Um, the first part uh, is: is anyone does anyone else do training? Um, over my career and all the people I've speak spoken to, I would suspect, and this isn't a, this isn't a, an, an right, poll.
0: not right, right. It's not a mm-hmm. pers- scientific poll. Right? This is just
1: my gut feeling. I would suspect that probably in the upwards of seventy to eighty percent people in law enforcement look outside of. The uh, job that they work for their private training in some sort of defense, whether it be a martial art, whether it be firearms training, whether it be you know, uh, okay, speaking to people or any, but but uh, yeah, I would suspect there's a high number of officers that do take it upon themselves privately to uh, you know train themselves. Yeah, and as far as uh, assisting me, I know the common answer, and then what everyone thinks is uh, okay. You know, you study martial arts, you learn how to fight, so. That's great for me and a cop, you get to beat up people. But the, the real answer that I'm going to give you is it absolutely helped me in every aspect of my career because it brought a sense of calm to my personality. Uh, when people get into high-stress situations, everyone reacts differently. You know, Some people shut down completely. Some people rise up and get crazy themselves. And now you have two crazy forces opposing each other. And you know that never works that good. But uh, I found that the more I trained, and let's just call it what it is, let's just say, you know, training to fight, right? The more I trained and the more you learn, the more sense of calm and the more sense of um, confidence that you get, that you can handle yourself. And with that brings us this sense of calm that comes over you so that when you do encounter maybe possibly a violent situation or a situation that could escalate to violence, you don't take it up that ratchet. Because you don't feel you don't feel like you're in danger of being attacked, right if I feel like if you attack me, I'm going to win. I don't get raised up and say i'm going to have to scream and yell at you to, to calm you down. I stay calm myself, and I would say ninety five percent of the time, anytime I ever arrested someone, I was able to talk them into handcuffs, you know because i never I never raised up to that psycho crazy, yelly screaming you know. Uh, persona that, that happens sometimes during confrontation.
0: That's great. And, and and that doesn't shock me knowing you. And, you know, anybody that I've spoken to who's seriously trained in the martial arts for as long as you have, and, you know, maybe people for not as long, but people have taken it seriously. Everybody has almost um, exclusively said the same things um, without exception, that uh, the knowledge, the confidence and the ability to fight has has helped them to deescalate escalate uh, non escalate uh, and 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 be able to know that you know you have nothing to prove and that ultimately at the end of the day you know it, it, there's no desire to <laughs> to right to, to to do that and that it's helped them to walk away from situations. So it, it really is something that I think when people hear it they think it's a cliche, but the you know my conversations with with folks who are serious folks serious who I consider to be real martial artists I, I, for the use of that term absolutely supports your experience so somebody who's been in there's
1: a when you when you mention the word cliche there's there's a, a phrase that maybe people hear in the movies sometimes and they say you know uh, why do you learn how to fight and, and and the answer is you learn how to fight so that you don't have to fight right right you know, it's a vicious circular cycle it's like you learn to fight you get super confident you stay calm that means you can talk your way out or de-escalate a situation this way you come around to the beginning and you never fight to begin with because you were able to stop the fight before it even happened you
0: know? absolutely I had a great talk with uh, Dave young who you know we, we, we took training with David and David and I talked a lot about you know pre-escalation where you get to the point where completely before a situation escalates being able to read the signals and be able to diffuse before it ever gets to the point of ever being able to be concerned about you know um, mm-hmm. and he's he does this on a you know, regular basis. So it's, it's interesting. So tell me in terms of a couple of things um, we jumped in. So, so you jumped into martial arts training and you made a comment that you had had always wanted to do that. Uh, were you someone as a child who had great interest in things like martial arts movies? I, I, I mentioned it to the dragon, martial arts television, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, did you have access to it? What kept you from doing it earlier in your in your life?
1: Uh, I guess uh, being so young, I guess uh, I never my parents never pushed me in that direction. Right. I never had any friends that did it, you know. Uh, only towards the towards when I started getting old, I was 20 years old in 1990, and um, I guess my aspirations towards law enforcement sure got me thinking on my own to say you know what's something I could bring to the table that to help me sure. protect myself because. You know how mothers get, oh my God, you want to be a policeman? You're going to be, it's such a dangerous job. You know, So you start thinking yourself, well, how can I protect myself more? And that's really where it started. It wasn't for oh, the uh, movies or because of anything else or any other.
0: Did you, did you have a fondness for those things? And do you have a fondness for those well,
1: things I mean, now? You know, listen, I was a, a teenage boy growing up. I mean, everyone likes action movies, you know. You, right, right. Everybody enjoys that kind of stuff. But no, that didn't uh, make me want to do it myself. It was really only the, uh, you know, the, the thought of, I'm going into an, a field it Practical.
0: Where... it was a very practical approach to um, to the situation. That's good. Uh, that's, that's uh, much greater, much less opportunity for disappointment, right? When somebody goes into it thinking that they're going to be the next John Claude uh, Van Damme or uh, you know, Philip Ree, you know, that there's a very small percentage of people who train and can get there and, and then have that opportunity to, to do those types of things. So um, tell me, uh, you have a great perspective because you've been, virtually continuously for over 30 years training in uh the martial arts what um what changes have you seen um in terms of the the approach to to um martial arts training um the demographics in terms of you know today is so you're similar in age to to i am i think i'm a little older than you but when i was a a child there really weren't children's programs that were available even probably when you were in college it was a little bit different but now there's a much greater movement towards children's programs what have you seen in terms of the difference in terms of training and in terms of the approach to um you know the martial arts and, th- and things of that nature over the course
1: well <clears throat> i mean you know martial arts in general is thousands of years old so i would say the techniques that you learn kicking the punching you know the, the the physical activity the health aspect i don't think much of that changes much but there is one area where i think there has been tremendous change in this uh, era that we're in and i would say that would be in the competition area all right uh years many years ago taekwondo wasn't really looked at as a sport right only in the early 90s did it become an olympic sport Right, and be more recognized all over the world as something that people would come together to compete in, you know, on, you know, on a friendly, friendly stage. So uh, I would say over the years, the real changes that I would see would be in the competition area, where number one, there are more categories to compete in. I mean, when it first started, it was just either sparring, right, or board breaking, or and maybe that would be it. You know, maybe some forms, pumse, as they call it. But uh, now it's, it's grown into many, many, there's, there's team challenges, there's weapons challenges, there's other, and it's, and it's growing into a larger uh, group of categories that you can compete in. Also, uh, within each category, the rules have changed. Right. You know? uh, like I said, when I first started, it was just, how do I protect myself on the street? Right. But maybe you we'll get into it now, and it's like, all right, what competition am I going to? What are the rules I have to follow? I mean, years ago, a roundhouse kick was one point you know now right. it was, uh, two or three points you know? right, right right kick to the head maybe three points now it could be five points i mean and right. and you know the rules and what kick you can do and how many times you can back up and defend yourself before you kick a lot of rules come into play that have changed over the years which just makes the competition uh you know more you know uh, competitive and, and judges have to have a way of scoring their their people you know sure but as far as uh the the old school actual martial art itself i would i would think that it just uh Jugs along at a slow rate and everyone just enjoys it as it is you know
0: well i get the sense that you similarly to me um never allowed that type of path that other folks may have had a competitive path um other folks may have been driven by those types of things that really didn't alter your taekwondo journey in other words it didn't change your experience because you didn't look to get out of it those things the same as i didn't i was never i never considered the thought that when i got involved i was going to be on an olympic path and as a result i never it never impacted my training i never felt excluded from the training because of the fact that that wasn't part of my my journey that
1: might be, that might be as a result of the age that we started too you know, that's true I was 20 years old i don't know how old humor started but you know a kid that starts when he's six or seven you know the only real path he has is to compete because who wants seven-year-olds fighting in the street? You know. <laughs> no,
0: that's true. That, that that's very that's very very true. That's a that's a great point. That is a great point. It's also a product of the institution because, um, for me, prior to coming to the parks, the school that I was in was much less comp- competition-based, much more um, uh, really very full-contact self-defense based. But I found that in in um, you know the, the the journey with the parks that the curriculum has a great ability to have people shine in the area that they want to shine. So if you, if you have a great love of weapons, swords, nunchucks, there's a place, you know, there's a little bit of that. If, if, if you're learning to compete, pumse, there's, there, there's that. And, and that the curriculum is, is relatively broad. So may, that may have been part of it as well is that you tend to say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to um forms week, as opposed to sparring week, that kind mm-hmm. of,
1: thing. Well, you know, uh, you know, as as the time you know that uh, I was as an instructor and a master at, at YH Park School, and you know I see when you teach you teach a, a wide range of students. Sure. And like you say, some people gravitate towards self defense, some people gravitate towards form. some people gravitate towards sparring. And uh, Master Park even said to me one time, he says, you know, you have to when you train your student, you have to train them in uh, their Taekwondo. Right. You know. What they are interested in, you know. You give them a smattering and a taste of everything, but when you see them gravitating in a certain direction, you have to train them the way, you know, what they, the direction they want to go in, you know. Because me personally, anytime I would teach class, I would always look to get some self defense in there, you know. Sure. Sure. My my most heaviest interest, and in, and I feel like it's it's helpful to everyone in the world, you know. And say there was a student that wasn't very good at it, you know. That would be okay because that's not their taekwondo. Everyone gets into it for a different reason. Some people just go just for the exercise. That's true. They have no interest in defending themselves in the street, right? All they wanna do is get their heart rate up, exercise, lose weight. I mean, everyone has their own reason for being there. And and as a a good instructor and a good master, you have to understand that.
0: Well, that's extremely reasonable. So it sort of leads into my next question, which is that you have uh, three children that are, you have more than three children, but you have three children that are high achieving right? But three of them are involved. You have four children, but three of them are high achieving black belts. They're, they're a little bit older, right? They're the, the, the three oldest of your children there, but they're high achieving martial artists. They're, they're extremely hardworking, gifted uh, martial artists. Uh, how is it that that journey occurred? What is it that made you feel that, was it their desire? Hey, they saw their dad, um, you know, on the mats and said, hey, I want to be out there. Or was it your guidance or a little bit of both? And what have you seen as a result of of their participation in the martial arts?
1: Well, that's an interesting point because a tremendous amount of families and parents try to push their kids into doing what they want them to do. You know, whether it's martial arts or whether it's sports or whether it's anything else. Right. So uh, I never took that approach. I never wanted to force my kids into doing something. So as a leader you know, and you teach this in the leadership program, uh, the best way to inspire your students is to lead by example, you know? So I never dragged my kids to class and said, you have to start this now, you're old enough. What I did is I went to class myself and I would come home and I'd be wearing my uniform, my black belt, mm-hmm. own it. and own And my first two children, two girls uh, at the time, they were uh, 10 and eight and they saw me and they just said, I want to do that. You know, so I presented it in a way that made them interested, because if you don't have a child that's interested, they're not going to learn. You know, if if a parent drops someone off and forces them to be there and they don't want to be there, they're not going to learn. So I I wanted to introduce it in a way that made them interested first before I agreed to take them. So I signed them up eight and 10 years old and they loved it and they, they, they progressed very highly in it. After about a year, year and a half, when they got their purple belt, I have a younger son who at the time when my daughters were started eight and ten, my son was six. Right. And from my personal personal feelings about it, I didn't want to start him that young. I wanted to wait till they got older. But by the time he was seven, he was begging me, begging me to take him. I wanna do what my sisters do, you know. Right. So I broke down, I said, All right, you're seven years old, you're a pretty big kid, let's go. And I brought him, you know. And uh, those are the three that uh, have really progressed very highly. Uh, my son and one of my daughters are both second degree black belts. My, my uh, middle daughter, third degree black belt. And, uh, you know, they still, still enjoy it today. Uh, my fourth child, I have a younger, right now she's 14, never wanted to go to class. But along the, over the years, uh, she decided that I want daddy to teach me. So oh, okay. that's what we're doing at home. That's I'm great. training her on my own. That's at home. Uh, she's reached a level of what I, what I agree to be, green belt. And uh, you know, I train her when, when she's ready at home. And you know, That's she wonderful. but it's because of the interest she showed. You know.
0: That's great. Like you said, everybody, in all things, I think people um, learn in, in the way and in the environment that is most comfortable for them. And the important thing is that they get out of it what they, um, you know, that they get something out of it. What have you seen? So then with all four of your children, um, you have a, a model. What have you seen as being um, the benefits? Can we talk about this? This is another aspect that we talk about all the time. Uh, last week, I actually interviewed the gentleman who runs Chuck Norris' Taekwondo Public School program in Texas. He's got 60 schools that, they, uh, that they're funded to teach Taekwondo as a curriculum class in the public schools there for the middle schools. Um, what have you seen as being the benefits for the, the kids of, uh, of practicing the arts? Well,
1: you know, uh, the, the textbook answer would be, uh, you know, discipline and respect and, and uh, physical fitness and confidence. And that's all fine. And a lot of parents do bring their kids to classes for that reason. Uh, personally, I started off with them with the same reason that I started, because I wanted to give them, give them an early, early start in learning how to protect themselves. You know, one day your daughters are going to grow up. They're going to be right now. My oldest daughter's 20 years old and uh And all of them down the line, you know getting older also, and they when they go out by themselves, I can sleep at night because I know they can take care of themselves, you know, but uh as a parent, I always took it upon myself to teach my kids you know honor, respect, discipline, you know calmness you know uh honor and and I never wanted went to a school for that reason, sure, you no know? You know, that's something that enforces what you teach at home, you know. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that don't have the opportunity to spend that kind of time with their kids to teach that, or maybe they have kids who are influenced by other people and they can't break that cycle. So obviously, a uh, martial arts school is wonderful for that reason. They have an they have an outlet. They have someone else to look up to, someone else to you know try to in- ingrain them in those uh, necessary inner uh, feelings of you know honor and respect and calm. But I always took it upon myself, my, me and my wife, obviously, uh, to take that job, and I never sure. really looked to school for that so you know
0: but one of the things for me i think is i agree with you and i always think it's always the parents responsibility first is that for me taking my children there over and above everything else is that i sort of knew that it would be a place that people that shared those values would gravitate and that my children would be surrounded by other children who where the families uh had similar values that that they that they had a put a premium on respect and discipline and, 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 and those types of things. So that always, I always found that to be the added benefit. I agree with you. Um, While I think it's wonderful that those things are reinforced in the dojang, um, it would be remiss for me as a parent to expect that, you know, anything goes at home, but uh, you know, Elliot, master Elliot Park is going to tell my kids how to um, be respectful and, and disciplined. But I, but I, but I did love the fact that there were so many other families there that put a premium on it.
1: We well, you know, the real key to any martial art, no matter what aspect you study, is repetition. You know, there's no one that can go to a class for, you know, a weekend for three days and go, oh, I know how to protect myself. Or I know everything about honor. Sure. No, it's repetition. It has to be done over and over and over again. So whatever you teach at home, you bring them to the school. They teach the same type of living and the same type of attitude. It's only reinforcement. And, you know, it's repetition that really gets the job done.
0: That's a great point, and It's a great analogy. So, in the interest of, uh, obviously we have limited time, um, I'm trying to get as much in as I can in terms of your life and career. So you're in a different stage now, you, you congratulations, you've, you've uh-huh. retired after a successful
1: I've career. In the won field. the game as they say. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, that's, and that's phenomenal. And, uh, but uh, you're an active uh, guy and you're, you're, you're young as it relates to your life. And even as it relates to, even though you've been in martial arts for 30 years, um, there's a lot. What What is your thoughts in terms of your your martial arts teaching and practice uh, as you now have a perhaps maybe you don't have more free time on your hands. I know it's hard to tell. Right. Because with this the, the pandemic, but you seemingly have more free time on your hands. What are your thoughts about the next stage of your life and your Taekwondo life?
1: Uh, I'm blessed to have uh, uh, my top two daughters uh, college in college now. And uh, they're local colleges, so they're staying home. So that's everyone's right. still home with me, you know, no one's <laughs> going away. Uh, I think we treated them too good. You that's, know?
0: Congratulations, to I think. I, I think that's congratulations. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, no one else. The
1: So, uh, yeah, my day is filled. Uh, keeping them on the right track, you know, reinforcing everything that we learn over the years, uh, you know, giving them the best advice I can as they run into their problems. Uh, so right now that's really what I'm doing. But down the road, say, uh, maybe when they get older and, uh, you know, choose a career path and move out or, or, you know, and then I have a more time to myself or, you know, with my wife, I always uh, think of in the back of my mind of opening a school of my own, you know, and um, my kids, of course, said, oh, we'll come teach for you if you do, you know, so uh, that'll be a way to bring them home again, once they, uh, you know, find their way. But uh, yeah, that would be an interesting thing to do. But uh, that's a little bit down the road. I think, you know, I still got a lot of things going on.
0: Sure. It's a a family affair. That's and that's and that's great. That's great. Let me ask you, I think, in in winding down, your perspectives, because you have trained for a while. You started, like I did, in person, right? Um, the pandemic has taken us all by storm, and it has dramatically altered the way that we've trained. Now, I see that with your children, um, because I'm involved, that they've continued to train throughout the pandemic. They've used the electronic tools, the virtual tools that, uh, that have been available um, to continue to, to train. Uh, what are your thoughts on training in this type of an environment and what lies ahead for us obviously no one has a crystal ball right and you and if you talk to uh, 10 a, people you get 12 opinions but what yeah, are your yeah, thoughts yeah, in terms yeah. of what's happened and and where we're going with this you know with training especially you know yeah. sparring and stuff is is
1: Out of, yeah all off it. the table yeah right uh now listen this is a speed bump in life you know uh after this is over we'll look back on it and we'll see it as just a hardship that we had to go through uh the training is not ideal it's not the way that, you know, you get the best training out, but it's it's something that you can offer the students for the temporary time being. And it just has to be looked at in that light. Uh, it can't be looked at as the way of the future. You know, there's a lot of things that we can't do. I mean, there's no physical touching, you know, so basically self-defense is off the table. There's no sparring. So, you know, uh, that kind of training is off the table. And uh, right now it, it's it's... You could probably practice a lot of things that are more towards the competition aspect, where you're doing forms or maybe board breaking. Sure. Uh, and also the the uh, health aspect, you know, just staying fit during times when people are home and you know. So a bridge urge, that urge to go to the refrigerator and, and stuff themselves <laughs> instead of staying fit. So it's a great outlet for that, but it has to be looked at as a temporary a temporary speed bump, you know, in the martial arts world, and and hopefully we get through it.
0: I agree with you. And I think that there's many things in life that technology can replace, but martial arts training is not one of them. It is a good supplement. It's better, certainly better than doing nothing. It gives people the ability to check themselves and be checked and be disciplined, but there's nothing like the face-to-face contact, especially in the areas which I'm a big advocate for self-defense. And I think, you know, um, you cannot have enough self-defense training that's done realistically repetitively you know with full force and 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 full power and and you know that's just an impossibility in this Um, you can practice the routines but you certainly cannot get the realistic feeling without so so. it's the
1: it's it's a tough uh, balance you know between uh you know training like that and training a different way um i always i always like to give the analogy of you know some people ask you know uh besides all the you know, the, the honor and respect and the discipline and self-calm that you learn in martial arts. People ask, you know, so w- w- what do you train I mean, to to fight for? I mean, you live in a in a nice community, you know, that you haven't had any problems your whole life. Why, why, do, why do people feel like they have to, you know, be rough and, and train and fight like that? And I always give the same answer. I said, you don't train to fight every day. You know, you don't train to defend yourself every day. You day. We're on this earth for, God willing, 90 years or more. And when I look at training, I say, during that 90 years or more, I'm gonna train myself for the seven to 10 seconds that I may encounter something somewhere along that road. You know, and it may only be once in life, but but during that seven to 10 seconds, you're either gonna wish you knew how to protect yourself or you're gonna fall victim to the- you know,
0: That's absolutely outstanding. That is that is absolutely well said. And, and I gotta tell you that that pr- perspective on it, uh, I probably never heard it articulated that way, uh, but it's fantastic. I think that that is probably in the hearts and minds of a lot of folks who who practice uh but the way you said it, it was really well said and 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 I couldn't agree with you uh, more and and again, from my perspective as a guy who doesn't you know I never went in there to train to to be the top ranked sparring competitor and you know uh, I enjoy poomse but i but i'm I'm not a competitor um, there's a million reasons to train, but probably most important is is probably that i i i agree with you and and, and, and that's like
1: exactly what we said before about you have to you know train your own taekwondo you sure know, what's resident for you you know and everyone will have a path you know
0: absolutely so i would ask you in um finishing up uh i don't know if i i probably um yeah you you've given so many words of wisdom uh do you have any advice for anyone um interested uh anyone starting in on their martial arts journey any anything you you you, you've gone from you know white belt to master you you've been there continuously um you've seen all of as you said all the bumps and nuances in the road um a piece of advice that you can give someone who's just getting started or, or early on in their journey about uh their martial arts training and
1: career well that's an interesting question because you know uh at some at some points during my training when i took breaks for various reasons you know speed bumps in your life you take breaks uh i did uh start at some other schools you know and you know just say oh, let me try this let me try this just to get a little well rounded sure. and see what else is out there in life you know um and some schools i went to uh the training was horrible and the attitude of the students towards each other was horrible you know where you know, when you're working with a person and let's say, you know, you're, you're practicing a certain self-defense move and, and the attack is, you know, someone stepping in with a straight punch, right? Uh, the person that you're working with is supposed to play the victim. They're supposed to be the guy that's, you know, coming at you and is going to, you know, be the victim in the scenario. And I, I, I would train with someone who would be like, he wouldn't punch the right way and I say, well, why aren't you doing it the way you're supposed to? So I can do my technique. Right. I, say, oh, I would never do that in real life. You know, it's not about you. It's right. about training. You know, So I would say anyone who's getting started, definitely get started. And, but you have to visit the school and you have to talk to people first. You, know, you have to you know, sit and watch a class, see how the class is run. Does it have the level of discipline you want? Or is it a bunch of goofballs just hanging out together on a Saturday, you know, trying to one-up each other? you know is there a real training going on you know and uh the other thing i would say is it doesn't really matter what martial you choose you know do something because everyone has an aspect that's beneficial to you uh one school i went to the person asked me oh so have you had any training i said yeah well i'm a black belt in taekwondo oh taekwondo you don't want to study that let me tell you why my school's better right right, something like that walk right out i don't blame you i don't blame you because if you have a master or a school that's going to put everyone else down just to make themselves look great. That's not the school you want to be in because what kind of lessons are they going to teach you in life? You know what I'm saying? That's if correct. someone came to high school, I'd be like, that's fantastic. You know, Kung Fu. Wow. I'm, I'm so impressed. You know, let me show you some of what we do and maybe we can help each other. Right. That would be more of a better answer. You'd know what kind of school you're getting into. Right. Absolutely. So little, 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 little signs like that would be, you know, whether I walk out the door or whether I actually stay and try something.
0: I, I agree. And I think, you know, a lot of people choose. I, whenever I ask people why, why they chose their martial arts school, um, the geographic proximity is is many times the the first answer. And I do understand that because you want to have a school that's close, but it certainly shouldn't be the only answer. You need to we'll understand. Pick, we'll pick the one with the cheapest price. Right. right exactly right. Yeah, and, you, and, 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 you know, if, if if it's going to be a significant part of your life and particularly if your children are going to be there, you need to understand what's going on. So. so. That's great. Master David Zabransky. I want to thank you for speaking to us today. It really is an honor. I've enjoyed, I enjoyed speaking to you. Uh, It it was just really great. Uh, I've enjoyed obviously training with you, getting to know you over the years, getting to know your family. Um, You are really all great martial artists and and great human beings. And um, I look forward to a a long uh, Mm -hmm. and continued, uh, you know, path training alongside of you. So I Mm -hmm. want to thank you very much um, for talking to us and for sharing a little bit about your about your journey and about your your life and congratulations on your early retirement when i say early and such a youthful age
1: so I, know. I stop telling people because they just get mad at me so
0: they <laughs> get mad right oh that's terrible you should be much older right when you retire <laughs> you think that, you know you 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 want to be at a point where you retire and you can still enjoy your life right so many people retire and then you know they just sit and wait wait to pass away or something or they're too old to do anything so
1: We'll see what what happens on the horizon.
0: It'll be great. It'll be great things. So thank you so much.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me.